0: Today's reading is from Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. When all people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about thirty years old when he began his ministry. He was the Son, so it was thought of Joseph, the son of Heli. So, a quick show of hands. Um, who in this room has been part of a confirmation Sunday before? Either student or celebrated, whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anybody like, yeah, I didn't even know what this word meant until like 30 minutes ago. Um, okay. So, Regardless of where you are in really just your own faith journey, but especially as we celebrate these students today, um, Confirmation Sunday has uh, a lot to do with who we are as a community, and so um, We're, in just a few minutes, are going to receive communion together, and then you'll be invited to join for a little reception and some cake uh, out in the courtyard. But um, just very quickly, I want to reflect on this passage that Sam read for us. Did you know that Jesus was baptized? Uh, it seems a little strange because of what we see baptism as. And, and so um, about uh, the mid-19th century, late 19th century, uh, 1800s, there was some Swedish immigrants who, were in Sweden and came to settle in uh, the Midwest in the US and uh, they became known as these mission friends and these mission friends were people that a lot of them had ties to um, to the Swedish Lutheran Church and and yet they became to this this new place where tons of different nationalities and tons of different people uh, began to, to live next to them as neighbors and and so these mission friends all of a sudden uh, began to established themselves and became what we know as the covenant church and is so much far beyond uh, just this little pocket of Swedish people that is this multi-ethnic movement of the kingdom of God. And, and yet through that, a lot of what uh, the, the Swedish immigrants would practice was uh, infant baptism or, or baptism when maybe you were a kid. And and so um, initially that was a, a major practice of, of this group. And so um, as this group began to grow and these mission friends began to grow, there was different perspectives on what baptism was. And um, you could imagine that there's probably some pretty heated debates. Like if you think that we're in a divisive time now, it's probably honestly pretty similar in the ways that conflict was just about baptism. But what those people, these mission friends did, nearly, I don't know, 150 plus years ago. Is my math right? Yeah. Um, Approximately. What they did is, instead of saying, okay, well, we're just going to split off and do our own thing, they said, you know what, we want together to pursue the kingdom of God. I think that we can hold both of these simultaneous. And, and so they did. And in ways that it feels backwards to be in, baptizing infants and also baptizing uh, new believers, they said, we're, we're going to be about the kingdom of God to do this together. And, and the beautiful thing about that is it, it really represents who we are as a community still these years later. Still recognizing that God is at work from the very earliest stages in each one. Of our lives, and yet the way that God works plays out differently in each one of our lives. And so today we have students who have already been baptized, or are maybe thinking about baptism, or, or have already even talked about being baptized later this summer. And so, in uh, in just a really simple way today, we're going to ask this question: because Jesus was indeed baptized, why? Was Jesus baptized? Why was Jesus baptized? And so to understand baptism, uh, we must really understand the role of scri- uh, of water in Scripture. Okay, so it, it shows up at the very beginning, at creation, and then maybe if you know the story of Noah and his ark, but really where I want to, to point us to is the Exodus. Does anybody remember this story of the Exodus where... God's people, the Hebrew people, were being brought out of slavery, out of Egypt. And in order to cross from Egypt into this promised land that they didn't really even know what was going to be theirs at that time, they had to go through this river called the Jordan River. Really key time where they crossed over. Excuse me. First, they went through the Red Sea, right? They crossed through the Red Sea. Where Remember, this is the time where God split the sea and they walked right through it. The ways that God delivered God's people through the water, splitting the Red Sea. And and eventually they cross over the River Jordan into this promised land. And so this water was always this this symbol or really this reality of, of crossing over from the old to the new. From a time being in slavery to a time being in the promised land. Or a time being disconnected or far from God and then moving into a time being near to God. This this water image is always this constant theme of, of being taken from the old or the former to the new and to this new opportunity. And so for us as Christians, baptism is just simply this, this practice of Repentance. This turning away from the old into the new. But if Jesus was this perfect person in the way that he was born and lived this perfect, blameless, sinless life, why was Jesus baptized? If Jesus was perfect, why did he need to be baptized? What was he needing to repent from or to turn away from. I think about, uh, the times that I'm driving down 228 and I don't know why, but there's this big barrier, right? When you turn out of Pine Lake Covenant Church and you have to go right. Don't raise your hand if you've ever cut through that barrier. We don't want to name names, but right, it's this, this reality where you get to that stoplight and you have to make a U-turn, right? A full 180 degree. You're going south on 228, and then you turn around and you're going north. Your direction completely shifts. That's this this really this profound reality of, of repentance, where you're moving in one direction, and then God does something in your life to propel you to move in another direction. I think many of us in this room can, can point to times in our own lives where God has been at work in that way. But Jesus was, was baptized and he was baptized by John. And and if you read, if you read, uh, specifically the gospel of Mark, he talks about John being, uh, practicing a baptism of repentance where people would come and they would be baptized into, from this old to this new. But John started to do this. Even before Jesus came on to the scene. And yet Jesus notices that in our text today that there are people being baptized and, and so Jesus himself goes to be baptized. Why was Jesus baptized? This morning, Sam read a scripture and he ended kind of abruptly with the beginning of a genealogy. Does everybody, everybody familiar with the list of genealogies in scripture? Okay, if you're not, it's that long list of names that everyone skips, um, but you shouldn't skip them because here's why. It really, that in itself is where um, the answer to our question today lies. In this genealogy that sometimes Oftentimes, we just skip right over and, and read about the next part of, of Jesus and his ministry. But this genealogy in Luke, if you've ever looked at it, it traces Jesus all the way back, past even Abraham, all the way back to Adam. Matthew also has a genealogy, and he just traces it back uh, to Abraham. But Luke takes it even further and traces his genealogy all the way back, all the generations back to to Adam. It's this powerful image where in Scripture, Luke is pointing to the ways that through Adam, sin entered into the world. And we fell away from God. And and yet there was this long lineage from Adam all the way leading up to Jesus where God was at work in each one of these families, these generations, these lives. And he arrives to Jesus where that whole falling away, that old, becomes the avenue to the new. Where Jesus embodies baptism to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Through me, if you want to go from the old to the new, you just move through me. You experience that through me. And so this confirmation Sunday is is really a key marker in the faith of of many of our students here today. And um, for myself, I think about when I was six years old and um, asked Jesus into my heart when I was in the back seat of the car um, driving to dinner with my mom. Or um, when I was a junior in high school, I look back and see that 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 was really the season where um, I not only was a Christian but I, I became a follower of Jesus and. And again, each one of us in our lives, I think we can point to times where, where God has moved us in big ways from the old to the new, but consistently every single day that God continues to reorient us from the old to the new. And so why was Jesus baptized? Simply to pave this way from the old To the new, and so as we continue to to celebrate these students today, um, we'll be moving into a time where uh, we will receive communion, Um, and and actually now Daniel, if you want to come up and and join me, um, we are together going to recite a uh, the Apostles' Creed, really a declaration of the faith journey that Christians have been on since really the mid-fourth century. And So Daniel, if you want to come up, but as he's making his way up here, I just want to pause and give us each, specifically students, for what you are confirming today, I want to give you space to just process and to really recognize the way that God has been at work in your life. And for all of us simply an opportunity for us to take inventory, to take uh, time to see the ways in which God has called us or continues to call us from the old to the new. And So I would love to offer prayer as a time of reflection, and then Daniel is going to lead us in uh, the Apostles' Creed, and then we'll come to the table together. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this day where... We celebrate and recognize your faithfulness in in these nine students' lives and the ways that you've continued to invite us to move from the old to the new through the ways that you call us to, to leave behind sin or shame, fear, addiction, hurt, and pain and to move into this new life that you invite each of us in so students, families, everyone collectively as we, we gather here today, I invite you to just take a moment. Where, where are you in your relationship with God today? How is God inviting you to move from the old to the new? To leave behind in order to pick up and proclaim that Jesus is Lord. So, God, would you search our hearts? May you know us fully. And as we move forward, would we live a life in a way that proclaims that you are the Lord of our lives through your life, death, and resurrection? We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, Daniel is going to lead us in this, um, the Apostles' Creed. And uh, so, I'll invite you to say this together as we proclaim. These words that have been recited for centuries as Christians. Hello, my name is Daniel. Let's recite the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified died and buried he descended to the dead on the third day he rose again he ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty from there he shall come again to judge the living and the dead I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Christian Church the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This time we move to the table where we're all invited to come and to receive the realities of leaving behind the old in order to take up the new. And so Pastor Nancy will give instructions of how we'll receive this today, but... Zoe is here to to help break and to pour. And so, Zoe, if you want to take the bread, and we'll start the words of institution. On the night that Jesus was with his disciples, he was to be betrayed, and he took the bread, and he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me.
1: And in the same way, he took the cup, Saying, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And Paul later adds the words, for as often as we eat and drink of the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Today we have the opportunity here in person to receive communion. We have three stations across the front, each with individually sealed portions. We ask that you line up, uh, giving some space, and we'll receive it all together so you can take your, your cup back to your seat, maybe open up the top layer so that you're prepared to receive it together. For our friends at home, if you have your communion supplies during this time, I encourage you to serve one another and then pause prayerfully and take and receive communion together with us as well. Our tables are now open. Please come, receive, and then we'll pray all together as we receive it in a moment.